Hey, this is Danny from the Magic Our Way podcast, and you guys are listening to the BS Podcast Network. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to another episode of the Lukewarm Cinema Podcast. My name is Austin. Today, I'm joined with George and Christian. And uh, well, let's, let's start it off as usual, guys. How was your How was your week, Christian? We'll, we'll start with you. How was your week? Uh, it was pretty baller, you know, staying indoors, uh, following the qu- the quarantine, um, playing video games. Um, uh, did you see. eat it all? Shit, rhetorical. <laughs> um. No, I remembered. I remembered because I had that. I had found some. I had some grave type of food, and it was kind of good. Some what? Some gray food. Gray. Okay, they said grave like a grave. <laughs> I ate the corpse. Uh, it was my week was good. Um, I I watched this really interesting two parts of a three part documentary. Right. Well, it was like a conspiracy documentary. <laughs> I was telling you about it earlier. Yeah. It sounded very interesting. Basically, World War One, bro. They they the history books lied about that shit, right? There was a society formed in in Britain that was meant to like spread British influence, and they saw that Germany was rising, a rising power, and they set the whole thing up against them, right? Okay, I'm following. And like we were taught that like, oh, the alliances were a mistake. No, they set that shit up because you got here's Germany, then here's uh, Britain, France, and Russia. So, like, they they got pincher fucked. It was like a total setup, and um, America got into the war because they shot our boat. The Britons they fucking instigated that too. And in 2014, they released a document saying, "Yeah, we we kind of instigated the attack." Damn, they're really poking the bear on that. That's what's the name of this uh, documentary called? It's um, shit. Well, it's like an online thing. There's this guy named James Corbett. He's like one of those big conspiracy guys. I've heard of the name. And uh, he did a three part on his website. Um, it has like a generic name, like World War One Uncovered or some bullshit. Okay. <laughs> World War One, the truly bizarre. But if you look up like James Corbett, World War One, you could find it. And I, I it got plugged to me. Be, to, it got plugged to me because he came out and said, hey, YouTube's sh- like demonetizing and age restricting those now. Really? Because, like, you know, big tech and censorship and all that shit. Oh, so we got to be careful. Exactly. So, anyways, it's really interesting. We were all lied to. Yeah. Get good. Yeah. Fun documentary. <laughs> so, what about, what about you, George? How was your week? Uh, the week was, uh, hmm. I don't want to call it average because, you know, you're just every existing. week's a blessing. I did have a good weekend. I, uh, I dabbled in some Delics of Sykes and, it like I said, it was it was a it was a fun time. Um, you you get so accustomed to like going through everyday life, and then you get like this escape that really helps you understand, gain some perspective. That life is like precious as you know it. I feel like right. sometimes I'm like I feel bad because I could be doing so much more, but then at the same time I'm like, you know what? The, I'm doing a lot in my own right. So I need to, I need to appreciate that. And I need to just like, like I've been just 
going outside every once in a while. Just stand out there. And it's just beautiful, you know? Like, we live on a beautiful planet. We live in a society. Eight-minute guitar solo. Right? Like, ah. Pink it, Floyd. <laughs> it would be awesome. And that's how I felt. But, so that led into, like, it being a good week. Um, Me and Cameron did this. We got this deal at this place called Rio Tan and Cryotherapy. I saw, I saw you guys were doing cryotherapy. So it was a week long for 70 bucks, and we got to use all the amenities they had in there, unlimited. So I was like, you know, they have a lot of cool shit. Like, this sounds like a good deal. We did it. Um, they had like these um, air compression things that like would go on your arms and legs, hips. And then obviously um, the cryotherapy was probably the coolest. I mean, pretty much we went, we got our money's worth. The only day we didn't go was Thursday. Um, but one session's 50 bucks. So we got. For $70, you got the whole week? Yes. Unlimited. Per person or just per one? person. Okay. So, um, two sessions, it's already paid for. It's well worth it. It's well worth it. Right. So you get to around negative 250 negative. I've seen it go up to negative 290. Um, it doesn't stay there for long. Cause obviously like you're in a room temperature room, but like it, it's just insane the way you start shivering and stuff and your body, I guess it shakes so much that you burn like 500 to 800 calories. So, it, it, it's Where pretty was this gnarly. Again? Let me, this let is me, uh, this is up in uh, the rich part of town, right next to. Oh, of course, they got to keep the figure. It's on uh, Flamingo and the two fifteen, so just way out um, in like the southwest part of the valley. But it was it was very pleasant, and I felt like my my body's been really well recovered this week. So I I I took care of myself, treated myself. Um, but I like did a mediocre job at, uh, like my teaching. Uh, I think I I could have done better. So, what about you, Austin? Well, How was your week? It was good. Um, got switched around again at work, so that's exciting. You know, new opportunities, new stuff like that. But I actually, uh, over the week, I started up officially my 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 content editing business. Finally, it took me forever, but I did it. So it's up. Next act. Next act. I keep, I don't know why I, I slurred that, but. Next Act Productions, y'all. Y'all need your podcast edited or video edited? Hit me up. I'm your dude. Or I can record you if you're in Las Vegas or the like surrounding area. I had to put that like in the website. Like, I can record you if you're in this area. Yeah. Well, I mean, shoot, you can even just extend it out. Perump. Maybe your uh, mom knows somebody back in the day. Well, my, my I saw family living there, but. Bam. Look. Hey, Grandma, I, do you want to talk about your radical conservative theories to the world? No, that well, I'm I'm well, I'm glad. Um, before we go down that rabbit hole, uh, that you actually went out, dude. The website looks sleek AF. Thanks. If you've ever, you know, wanted to start that podcast out there, people, or you wanna, you know, maybe start a vlog. If you want to live our lavish lifestyle of 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 wiener schnitzel, yeah, dude. The combos of wiener schnitzel are so ridiculously expensive. We're high ballers though, so we can we can yeah, afford it. It was nothing. It. it was nothing. Yeah. yeah. George is going lifestyle? to cryotherapy six days a week. <laughs> Literally. Yeah, bro. And I'm having unemployment money on my you know PlayStation games. <laughs> what, but if you want to live that lifestyle, Austin, he's going to help you by editing. But yeah, uh, pretty standard 
we you know i forgot to toss in um chris joined one of my classes oh, on right. tuesday i was gonna, I was gonna talk yes, about that yeah it, it was pretty awesome i know you'll come in next week eventually probably. yeah i was thinking i could just probably get like a like a half day and be like hey and then so i don't have to worry about like hey i gotta like go back to work oh yeah, yeah, yeah. i didn't i didn't know how long i was supposed to stay i just stayed through the whole thing it was like yeah. half an hour or something because what time yeah, did you we, start we did it like 40 minutes it was fun what time did you start uh 10 in the morning i think yeah we started at 10 in the morning because i'm i'm i don't have my first like long break until noon for which sure is lunch for sure. Well, hey, this is one of those things too, bro, where like I know I know you're like into your video games and everything, but like it could into your video games. You're at work. <laughs> that was <laughs> horrible. Like really I know you're like into like, you know, work, you yeah. have to focus. But like, I mean, even if you just want to tune in just to listen to these oh yeah, yeah these yeah. people talk. I mean, I'm sure Chris enjoyed like I mean, being back in a classroom and getting to hear like what some of these kids are thinking and saying it's pretty interesting i just want to see george be a teacher oh man you gotta sometimes really like even online you gotta take control and <laughs> it sucks you gotta be like hey yo listen to me but what do you think chris i yeah. thought it was i thought it was really cool like something like i noticed about this uh like the online thing is that like most of the 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 student and how old, how old were these students like around high school so ninth to twelfth grade okay I noticed that George he he always keeps his and they call him Mr Carmona obviously because that's how school works and so I did too like just to not break the immersion for that <laughs> just to not break it yeah can we are we do are we supposed to call you Mr Carmona when we're in dude I those names are one of the things I've never cared about could I could I should have be like daddy I've never teacher cared about it. As long as you're getting my attention, I don't care. So did I look I'm like a dweeb call it, calling you that in front of those kids? Like, no, it felt pretty badass. <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> He was like, I have power over this you. This is how they address me. Authority. Badass foreplay. Um, uh, I noticed, like, they only turn their mics or their cameras on a lot of times when they speak. And then, but he has his on all the time. And, like, well, I feel like you kind of have to as the teacher. Isn't there, like, a rule? Yes. That? That's what, what I was going to say. I think, like, he like he gives him like authority and like like bot like if it was all audio i feel like it'd be hard to like orchestrate it but like you also have body language so like the like they could read your what expression. i was thinking yeah yep yep so no, uh yeah i'm glad you like pointed that out because i felt that early on but i'm glad like i still have that impression on them because i don't care if my kids turn their cameras on i mean honestly Honestly, times are rough already i'm gonna be asking you a lot of questions so if you're not paying attention i'll know you know what i mean like yeah there's only six of us in this room you're gonna be called on at some point in time that's what i liked it was cool because like nobody's like in the it's not like in classroom there's some fucker in the back of the room who's like checked out all the time everybody answered questions mm -hmm. and everybody was part of the discussion so it was like cool see like with with work not to give too much detail but like some meetings it's like oh i gotta have my camera on sometimes it's like give them a show well like like they're like hey we want to see like if we have like a big like company meeting like hey we need to see everybody okay let well me, let it me makes get sense. dressed it makes sense yeah. i think uh the thing that they started to figure out some of these old people's like <laughs> one of the funny words that they learned is bandwidth and they started just using <laughs> bandwidth they, like crazy. They learned the They're like, so if you join the meeting um, with your camera and mic on, the bandwidth situation, and 
we just can't have that happen. So just go ahead and shut those off because the bandwidth. And did I mention bandwidth is what's causing this, and all these, this? These aren't your kids. These are like admin. These are 50 plus year olds oh, that yeah. are struggling with online learning. There's a guy I watch on YouTube named Joshua Fluke. And all he does is just roast like LinkedIn cringe. Mm-hmm. And he's just like, look at all these boomers that are mad now because they have to learn how to use Zoom. And they're just like, Bleh. and then he points out how a lot of these businesses have like supervisors just to like to literally micromanage people. So mm-hmm. now that they're like a computer's micromanaging, they have like no job. So they're like, all right, we're going to do yoga today for work. And you're like, no, I'm trying to do my fucking work. Yeah, no, that's it's something that I, I am uh, very grateful for. Because at the end of the day, if I'm at home or when anybody's at home, you don't know what the hell's going on off the camera. Right. And why should you care? Mm. You know what I mean? If you're getting the job done, you're getting the job done. Where were you going to say something? Oh, no. I just I always, I, that's how I like, I, I agree without interrupting. I go, hmm. Well, because you, like, you were like pointing like you're about to oh, say something. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so my mind. I noticed you get you have a like a router box chilling out down there. Did did they make you upgrade your internet or something? Uh no. The, are you talking about the cat by the cat house? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. In yeah, the corner, yeah. that's just where the main box is. Like, okay. So I figure we just put it back there. I never like did anything fancy with it. It's kind of well hidden. You're like, I'm surprised you like pointed it out. I haven't noticed. Um, but it's like the perfect little hiding spot. But no, I didn't upgrade. I honestly. One of the first big boy purchases I ever like truly committed to was buying really good uh Wi-Fi. And so like we we're at like 80 megs per second. Yeah. Here. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty good. I think for, for And work, I get that up here too. Like when I'm gaming, that's good. it's like Yeah, it's for work I have 150 down. Mm. But I mostly have to have unlimited though too. But they, they yeah. don't reimburse me for that. Well, I feel it's what the dude was telling me is it's all about the the fiber in your area. Like the yeah, like the the, the fiber wire. optics and the wires. Well, a lot of it's wiring in your house. Like I know in, in mm-hmm. the house that I'm at right now, the wiring is like completely fucked. Like uh, like my bedroom, you have to use Wi-Fi. You can't use an Ethernet. Wow. Because it's just the wiring in the garage in between the room and the garage is just so bad. Yeah. So and I know a lot of people like from work that are like, oh yeah, I'm getting my building. Like they live in apartments. Oh, my entire building is getting rewired. It's honestly, uh, it's like that next version of insane, like infrastructure that needs to like that next step. I think because everything's, you know, technology based now and everyone just wants faster and faster and faster. Don't even start to talk about hospital operating systems. A lot of hospitals are still running on windows 95. Oh my God. And then they get hacked because you could, you could, I could probably break into fuck HIPAA. All those HIPAA laws are just tossed out the window. Well, I'm I'm glad to hear you guys had had a good week. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. I feel like it, it like our our audience likes hearing about how boring we are outside of this show. We're just as normal and boring as you guys listening. So you know, you don't feel alone. We're all CIA assets. These are just like it's drama for you all. You know, we're we're like AIs. We're we're glowies, as they call them. <laughs> all right, let's get into this uh this week's uh documented we've been on like a it's mostly my fault i'm gonna take 100 percent blame here i still have not watched wandavision i've just been everything it's like oh hey the little one needs to do this i'm like at ah, wandavision can wait and then i'm like you know i should really watch wandavision hey the thing is 
I think, uh, like in a strange way, Rowan might like it. He might be like, why is dad watching this old ass black and white TV show? No, he just goes to Coco Melon. All right. (laughs) Speaking of melons, you know. (laughs) Oh boy. You're missing out. Make sure you watch it alone. Or if you watch it with Vanessa. (laughs) Well, I think Vanessa said she's not interested in watching it. So it's probably going to be something I watch at my desk. Damn. Didn't use your desk facing the wall? Uh, It's facing the wall. So like, okay, so like here. You better hope the teacher doesn't make you go present at any point in time. Oh, I'll do it after everybody's asleep. You got to put your backpack in front of your pants. That's how good. That's how good she looks. Oh my God. That's mentally ill that you said that. Your (laughs) backpack in front of your pants. (laughs) Did you have to, is, is George talking about PTSD from high school right now? This is middle school. Okay. I used to have <laughs> all the time in middle school. George, what you doing around with that hussy? Oh boy. I had really lost my homework. Cannot believe this. I just got to run to the bathroom really quick. Bro, and by that time, it's usually gone. And then you just flick the back. Some of those on. girls were developing really early. And like in middle school, that's what, that's when the random boners started happening. So it's a very complicated time. And I think, uh, you know, no more elaboration. That's all I have to say. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so. We uh, said we'd keep it PG. I, at least I did. You said you're going to keep it PG <laughs> about WandaVision. I know. I, I, and you already That was pretty it. good. No, that was pretty good. That was like a roundabout way of, Round, you know. <laughs> roundabout. <laughs> so, besides WandaVision and being on a real uh, Elizabeth Olsen kick. We're on a, uh, we're, we've been on like a documentary. Just kick. learning. Just learning. And this one, uh, so by the title, you could probably already tell, we watched the documentary Killer Legends, which is about this, I, I want to say, they're together, right? Those two people? No I, no idea. I feel like they're like-minded, because like I said, well, one, they were sitting, one looks like they're like, you know, medicated out, and the other, the chick looks like she could be mentally ill. <laughs> so, well, but she's were, like, okay, go ahead. So go they ahead. were sitting at the diner, and he was like, they were like, really close they were like as close as like you and cameron were before she left mm-hmm. so i was thinking maybe they're together anyways it's these two people and they go to different parts of the united states looking at urban legends and like what was like the reasoning behind them and like i already knew about like uh like one of them but i was like damn this is i i was like genuinely like on the edge of my seat the whole time not like being scared but i was like what what are they going to tell me next yeah, there's a there's a scene in there. Well, the, it happens with each urban legend where it really like, you know, puts everything into perspective. I think it, right. this it, this documentary is just meant to highlight that urban legends aren't something that just happen on a Tuesday night. You know what I mean? Like these things are actually like, you know, they could happen, but it's not like it's a very regular occurrence. Right. Yeah, it's it's really interesting because you know, they went over what f- four urban legends. Four. They talked about Cropsy in the very beginning, but I think it was just to kind of set up the, set the stage, the guy's fascination with urban mm-hmm. legends. Because, like, you think about urban legends and you think like, oh, some fucker just made it up one day, like thin air, right? Or it's like a it's like a tale to tell your kids to get them to shut the fuck up and go to bed. Yeah, you know, you, you got to give give them a little bit of psychological abuse to get them to go the fuck to sleep. <laughs> your teacher i think i think you know you know you use use tricks on them right you yeah it's you got to in roundabout ways like you know the principal will definitely you know call your mom type situation 
and that that's like the most like sincere way you know the principal is not going to call your mom okay he has a, he's got a lot better things to do than <laughs> fucking chit chat with your mom but they don't know that of course okay. not to them it's like the first legend the hook yeah aka the phantom well okay this is the thing about these urban legends <laughs> they, they had like eight different names like did it was you guys like feel that way it really like it would throw me off because i i wrote down the hook I would just write down what I remembered them by. Did you like yeah, kind of connotate the, it in the a similar Phantom. way? Okay, that's where it's weird to me because I think of the Phantom and the first thing I think of is like Phantom of the Opera. I think of Phantom from Don't Mess With the Zohan. Oh, the I'm forgetting. Yeah, yeah, no, it's probably some Persian dude, but I, I just can't remember. Yeah, but I also de- definitely thought of like Phantom of the Opera too, though. Like that definitely came to my head at least once. Mm-hmm. But so this was like, also when I said he's like the hook, right? So we're talking about the guy who just has hooks for hands. Now, is it both hands that are hooked? No, it's just one. It's just a, a hook. It's hand. just one. It's like Freddy Krueger, just one. Yeah. Except they put him in a Mortal Kombat and they gave him two because, you know, chop up twice as fast. But I thought um, what was interesting is they used the movie character, the Candyman, for two different examples throughout the documentary. Yeah. Yeah, that, I'm not going to lie, kind of like confused me too, because I'm like, well, I, I understood. I it. saw it. Yeah, yeah. And can I just say real quick, I, I've never seen Candyman. I understand kind of the general premise, but that dude's hook, like, looks fucking gnarly, like, as hell. Like, it looks like he has like a nail going into it, keeping it to like his arm. It looks like he definitely like fucking stabs himself. Like, there's no way that that extended curved hook isn't hitting him on the on the leg like every. Yeah, and it's not like Captain Hook where it has a little like. Eh, no, it's like yeah, it's like a complete like 180 U turn. It's like yeah. jutting out of his flesh. Seriously, did you guys think hash slinging slasher at any point in time? <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I had to. I had to bring it up because. Uh, why not? Like that's SpongeBob tossing in urban legends just to Oh yeah. Scarce in the cutest way possible. See, I wrote um the first thing I wrote was Oh, we got a phone call. Oh shoot. Hold on, I have an alarm going off. Bro, I have we got an we, alarm. We've had alarms go off in this podcast numerous times for numerous reasons. <laughs> yeah, there you go. So okay, I'll say something that I like. So what's What's interesting about this is like seeing how it, it, these urban legends influence popular culture and then how pop culture influenced the legends back. So like with a phantom, it was like, yeah, there was this guy in this area in a Texarkana, right? Texarkana. Texarkana, which I'm like, oh, dude, cool ass sounding uh, town name. He kill, starts killing teenagers. Not to get too crazy. basically the guy apparently like put the barrel of a shotgun uh we will avoid using the word so it'll it'll gain traction on youtube but he inside of a woman and that's all i'm gonna describe it as okay let's just say that what that would entail is a common theme for the phantom okay and then killed her right so but and then then somehow because you know people are creative and you know it's an urban legend that kind of formed into like what if it was a hook that he put and did it with right and then when you know these mur- these murders happened and then they made a movie about it called what was it like the phantom strikes I, or something uh well that was like totally unrelated 
was unrelated? Yeah, the way it was related is that they were, it was in the newspaper and they go, we got to give this killer a name. Mm. So they use that as the name. And uh, it's kind of cool because like, in a way, it was the precursor to like slasher flicks. They said it was like it was before Halloween. Yeah, before Halloween and before well, the first before one Michael Myers and Halloween. Yeah, the first slasher I think of though is uh, Psycho, the Hitchcock one. I think so. I haven't seen mm, it, but yeah. it's one I've been yeah. meaning to watch. Uh, the movie I think you're thinking of is the is or the movie that it's called is the Town That Dreaded Sundown. Okay. Mm-hmm. And boy, oh boy, is that thing fucking aged poorly. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, they were showing little clips of it. There's some with the trombone and <laughs> <laughs> he. So I was so confused until you guys explained that to me. Yeah. So like one of the victims that was killed was a was a young girl. She was 15. Which, by the way, all the women that were like, oh yeah, she's 16, looked like they were like in their 30s. Yes. In these photos, and then they had like a guy that she was hanging out with. And he looked like he was like 12. They had like that 50s makeup though, like yeah, like middle aged women you think would have. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, but so the precursor of those, she's a, she's a trombone player in the school band and she gets killed. So I don't know if they did this just to like tie in that she plays trombone, but they basically in the movie tie her up around a tree. So she's sitting there with her back facing the guy and he has a trombone and he types, tapes a knife at the end of it and she's like, and then just stabs her with it while he's playing the trombone, but he's like not making any noise. He's just like, yeah, but he was making like the weirdest face. Like yeah. his eyes were bulging out. So I was like, is he blowing? I, I originally, my first thought was he's blowing blow darts out of a trombone. Like, what kind of murder is this? <laughs> but then you said he had a knife and I was like, yeah, oh they my showed God. The, they showed the scene before where he tapes. He had the knife taped to the end of it. And so he See, stabbed yeah. it. But Christian and I are over here fucking wheezing because it's the most uh, like ridiculous thing. <laughs> like he's repeatedly and one in real life the girl had a saxophone. Yeah, she was a saxophone player. That, I didn't saxophone player. Thank you for correcting me. Not trombone. But and they're like, oh, we gotta, we gotta, we gotta ramp this up because it's the fucking movie. He'll have a trombone and he just he does it multiple times. <laughs> and fucking, <laughs> you hear him blow it a little each time. And it one one frame, it fucking zooms it like first it zooms it on her face, like in peril, right? Getting stabbed in the ass or whatever. Not in the, isn't her back. <laughs> oh, okay, all right, sure. Yeah, yes. And then it zooms it on his face as he like blows it. And he has his dumbass little like white sack over his face with two eye holes cut out. Just little baby eye holes, dude. Just like the smallest eye holes. No peripheral vision in, out of those eye holes. I'm trying to find a good still frame of it. Of, of like him and I can't really find one so that was pretty good um it, it, it's it's cool to see how urban legends unfold I was thinking um isn't it low-key just weird um that they would call these things lovers lanes oh yeah because and and well they said that the original like mention of like the lovers lane killer was like deter teens from having sex we all know how well that goes but yeah i just found it weird that everyone just referred to these alleys where kids would fuck as lover's lane or lover's lane i don't know and everyone just continued to use lover's lane like it isn't just like you know i want to know if there's like like a copywritten one that's like no this is the actual lover's lane no honestly but it kind of ties into 
where I think a lot of these urban legends stem from, and it's these small towns in the middle of well, some of them nowhere. I know the the once we got to um like the phone call killer. Well, even that was a small town. Uh, no, it was the Candyman. Yeah, was Candyman. The Chicago and the clowns. Yeah. Well, I I but the really out there ones like this one is, in my opinion, uh, like the hook. Texarkana, Texas, the border between Texas and Arkansas. And they would keep like showing like where these murders would happen. And they were all happening in like 1946. And I mean, like they were within, you know, the town only looked about 10 miles, maybe at max. And that's like call counting small neighborhoods. So you can really see like how some of these things can gain traction very fast. And then, you know, small towns talk to other small towns. And then urban legend snowball rolls urban legend. Uh, so what I found interesting that they would do at the end of um, all these is they would like have that one guy come on and just be like, this urban legend isn't real. This was just a murder. Everyone thinks this urban legend is real. If you believe it's real, it's not. And then he would like cut <laughs> off, but he did it once for like each person. They kept like having him come yeah, back. Yeah, he would he like not to jump too far. I'd be like candy tampering. He was like, yeah, I've never seen this. Never once. Never once. There's no. Have has your kids candy ever been tampered? Neither is mine. Never has K- happened. Case solved. Yeah, I'm running for vice president next week. Have you ever seen a man with an actual hook hand kill somebody? Really? Yes. Improbable. You Where's need to grab video? somebody. Send me the video. <laughs> This was in the 40s, sir. Huh? Damn, that sucks. You should have been born later. Well, if you wanted to prove it, you'd invent a fucking camera. Like <laughs> a phone call killer, really. Oh. Haven't heard of that one oh, before. Oh, did he stab you through the phone? Haven't heard of that one before. Fucking <laughs> like de- debt collectors. <sighs> Don't even get me served. It's just one bad killer clown, and everyone hates clowns. Just can't believe it. Just I just can't believe it. But uh I was going to say, though, I was going to touch upon this. The, the Phantom became a larger than like Boogeyman when they started showing like. Like, was it thriller movies or was it the town that dreaded sundown in that city, in that town? Yeah. And they showed it like where the killings took place. Too. I'm like, that's just fucking asking for it. Like they're saying, like people were calling like, that's not right. You shouldn't do that. Yeah. As we were like semi discussing, it's like it's like, what if he honored Columbine by making a dramatic reenactment at the school or something like that, <laughs> or which is terrible. Bay. Yeah. You, you just, you don't really see it coming, but at that same time, I think you get that small town. Let's just go to the origin. And then this director, you know, like I said, it, it aged poorly. I don't think there was a lot of, uh, a lot of money put into this, this, uh, slasher film, but the money, I think the return on investment of this film, because they show it every October in the park. You know, they probably make hella money off oh, of it. Oh, yeah. The return of investment's probably insane. It just keeps... They probably run it on, like, a, somebody's VHS and project it. So they only had to pay, like, $3 for the movie. And they charge $3 a ticket. And they have everybody show up. Somebody's getting dummy royalty out there. Like, oh, yeah. this director's getting a paycheck. Like, I'm just been living off this film I made in 1980. Uh, yeah, because the film came out in 1976. 1976. I'm trying to see, like, if the director's alive or not. So... Something about this that's really interesting is that whole lover's point shit, right? Mm-hmm. Which is like the thing you always see in like the 50s, like Grease style movies, like, oh, we're gonna head up to make a point. And something very interesting that was said was that um, 
that like irked me at first, but then I understood it was, you know, you have these teenagers and, um, you know, they're, they're being swept up in car culture. And I'm like, right. first I'm like, what the fuck? What does that mean? Car culture. But then I think, okay, this is like the forties and fifties when, you know, teenagers, especially in small towns could go places. Cause now they had cars. So, you know, what do they, what do they do? Especially in like a more, much more conservative society. It's like, they can't, you can't bring a girl home or bring a boy home. You can't do that. We go out into our car, we go into the woods and we have sex. So, and then you die. <laughs> and then, yeah. And then apparently you fucking die. <laughs> so, but what's interesting is this relates to the truly bizarre, right? This shout out. Yeah. Totally intentional shout out. The legend of Mothman, I think r- reminds me of this. Cause like, it's like, okay, a small world town hotspot where teenagers go to oh point pleasant right um the which was it was a tnt field it's like an old like mining they used to have like keep like tnt shit there for like the it was a munitions plant that's abandoned teenagers would apparently go there and hang out then hang out yeah bang they would bang each other (laughs) and then you know one somebody comes out of it said oh i saw the mothman and then all the teenagers talk about it um, and they give it a name. And uh, what was the other thing? There's there other, another dead similarity to the whole thing. Oh, and then it becomes a point of like tourist interest for the town, which that happened with Mothman. And they're like holding festivals that like get thousands of people every year. And it seems that this town, um, Texarkan, Texar, Texarkana, Texarkana. I it's I think it's definitely become like a cultural point of interest that like in a way they're both interested in and want to milk it to like help their town. Right. Whether it's real or not. So I got the, uh, the movie facts here. Uh, they spent $400,000. I, yeah, that makes sense. Box office was 5 million. I knew it, dude. Damn. That's dummy return on investment. Yeah, well, that, that was just that's box crazy. office. That's when it released. Uh, I do remember though. Um, I didn't write this in the notes, but after watching it, um, the director really like kind of honey dicked everybody and, filmed it like a documentary and like didn't tell anybody it wasn't a documentary that's awesome so like he, it should be illegal to do that Yeah, and but. i was saying we should do that because like look uh like blair witch project mm-hmm. that they even went as far as to put up missing posters of the actors the day of the release of the film in the, wow. in the city that it was pre- premiering yeah they went and did that to kind of sell the herb the, the like oh this really happened that's nuts okay yeah so um but yeah and I remember one of the one of the guys who ends up becoming like somebody who's very in, invested in researching it said, "Yeah, I remember at the very end of the movie, and they they cut to it, they, and it shows just somebody's boots, and they go, oh, he could still be walking to this day.' And it's like, damn, it, they did a really good job at scaring people because, you know, you're in a small town, and I think that's part of it is like if you go out to like a small town, like um, I visited cousins who lived in like rural Washington and you just look out in the trees and like part of it, you're like, wow, this is like you earlier. This is really beautiful. And other times you're like, what, what if something's fucking looking at me? And I don't know if it's looking at me. Like your, your mind will just fucking mess with you. Yeah. That's a kind of place where I know myself well enough. I wouldn't want to um, get too baked. Like if I took an edible <laughs> out there, the paranoia would set in beyond belief. I get it sometimes too. Like I love paranoia fully embrace it but then there hits a point when i'm if i'm in a place where i'm not comfortable so if you're in your house you're okay even in my house sometimes bro like lately 
it's just been like do you have like a safe spot like your room or something yeah oh i just chill in here bro like big chilling and like i understand the sounds around the house you know i i think uh the suckiest thing is like going to bed because like then i have to have i have to have like the animals near me how the fuck do we even get on this well, we were talking about the small Paranoia, town and being spooky yes. things, bro. See, for me, like, okay, so I've said this a lot, and like, and that's pretty ironic that Christian and I do the truly bizarre, and we mostly talk about like creepy shit, which I'm gonna be getting more into. I gotta, I gotta really step up my. Uh, I've been working on one, um, but I'm not really getting anywhere with it, so I'm probably gonna jump to another one. But I'm a fucking bitch when it comes to scary shit, but I also love scary shit if that makes any sense. Like, I love watching like spooky documentaries, and then I'll kill myself because I'll watch it at like fucking like midnight and i'm like i gotta go to bed bro i remember all the nights as a kid watching some like ufo thing on like the history channel oh uh, yeah and then going to bed and be like what if you know they could fucking see me through my window and they're looking at me and they're gonna take me away right now so i, I had a bed next to a window so i had a i had a this is when we first moved into the house that i'm in now this is when i like so i'm still in my my parents house hopefully new house by the end of the year that's what we're hopeful for. But, um we moved in when I was like five and I remember sleeping in my room and we had neighbors and uh, I'm not going to be judgmental, but they were very hardworking people and they did a lot of their own yard work, mm -hmm. but they decided to do their yard work at like 10 o'clock at night. Oh my God. And I was no. sleeping. And like, so if you've, you've been to my, you both have been to my house. So if you look at the front of my house, my room's on the left side. So there's like rocks and then rocks and then the other person's house. So they were doing like yard work on the rocks at like 10 o'clock at night. And I remember like I was very young. I was probably like six or seven because like my sister was born at that time. And I'm, I was watching something. I think I was watching like an alien thing. And I like like this is the most vivid nightmare I've ever had. I was hearing them and I thought it was like aliens right outside my window. Oh, like I, I thought I was like, I swear, like I can still kind of vivid. And this was like I was six. Like, I don't really remember stuff from my sleep. This is how much it fucked me up. Is like I could still see the like, the like UFO in between. I don't know how the fuck it would fit in between my house and their house, but it did in my nightmare. And I remember like waking up like screaming, crying at, like three in the morning. Whoa. Yeah, it was. But um, stuff like that. Like you just get paranoid, and I feel like that's a lot of what this is. Um, because like they said that you know they were just like, oh, we had to name this after something because if we name this killer, it gives us some sort of control. Mm-hmm. You know, it goes, oh, oh, that's the phantom. I know what to look out for. But then really, it's just some dude on meth just tweaking for six days. It, 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 and that's what they all low-key come down to. It's just there's just terrible people out there in the world. And it's almost worse that they get like this recognition. But yeah. It, um, But like they get the recognition in the, the most like sim simplest way possible. Entertainment. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like people will get mad at these news organizations for just like reporting, you know, these Way people's names and, you know, you may not have all the facts, Sam but Hyde. there's a goddamn movie coming out about things that actually happen. And, you know, it, it's rough. It's rough to like tie those in together. I, the thing that I really wanted to hit home was uh, the candy man. Cause yeah, that was, this i so if it's true that the the lady from long island and i wrote this down this is my note i said long island bitch ruined halloween because 
<laughs> because she was the first one to uh i think what she put like she fed them dog treats and dog treats and like rocks and shit it's like you fucking bitch you don't even have fucking kids. like that's just disrespectful that's not even dangerous it's just disrespectful literally literally just like why would you do that and then you know ever since then all everybody i remember my parents telling me every halloween yep. i gotta check your candy like you, you, know, you know what it is though it's like fucking it's like the Santa Claus thing where you have your kid make cookies and shit and you're like, hey. That is true. That is true. Because I do that. Well, Vanessa does that with Rowan. She'll be like, hmm, look at all this candy he can't eat. Yeah. Honestly. And since I'm the one who walks him up to each door, I'm like, all right, any Reese's? They, that's they that's my cut. Okay. You, he's a Reese's. I think we give him like one Tootsie Roll and that's it. And it's just like, here you go. And he's like, it's the greatest thing ever. Wait till he gets a little bit older. He's going to start figuring your shit out. He's going to be like, I want all of this. Hoarding the and well. And you're going to be like, hey, we're keeping all of our candy in the kitchen when you go to bed, okay? Just show him Candyman. Like, watch <laughs> it, like, as a family tradition, like, on Halloween, like, October 30th every year. And then he's going to be freaked out. He won't even want any of his candy. See, uh, not to not to cut Christian off, but I every year in Halloween, when I was a kid, I used to watch Bravo's, like, top 10 or top 100 scariest movie moments. And Candyman was one of them. And you know the guy who plays Bear Jew in, uh, in Glorious. Glorious. Yeah. So he's a director. He mostly does horror films. Like he did a Hostel, which apparently like he was the only. Oh, Hostel's weird. He said he was the only. Him and the editor were the only people that could like stomach watching like the footage of what Jesus. they filmed. Like he said, that's how crazy it was. It was a gory movie. I haven't seen it, but I've heard it's great. But he talks about how when he saw Candyman, he would like wake up in the middle of the night because he feels like Candyman's at the, at, above me in my bed. Because there's a scene where he's like looking down on this kid. Like in his oh bed. Oh my god! It's like I don't know. Like I love that about scary movies. Like it has that effect on us, but I also hate it because it has that effect on us. Mm. So like a monkey's paw or whatever they call it, plus and a minus. I will say the more and more that you put yourself in those um, high anxiety, high pressure pressure situations, like the more comfortable I do feel. Like I know I said I, I get paranoid at my house, but I say it's a good paranoid because like. I don't know if it's just growing up or if, you know, I've just been in this situation so many times that I'm not as freaked out as I used to be. Yeah, I think some things still freak me out. Like if there's something that's like, okay, so like I watch a lot of like, you know, skinwalker stuff, you know, stuff like that. And that shit is like kind of like, why am I watching this at like 11 o'clock at night when they said they're supposed to attack people at night or like the rake? That shit is fucking frightening. I got a video to show you probably at the at, after this, but there's a video of like, and I know we're getting really into cryptids, but like cryptids, like it, it really ties in with legends. Uh, do you, have you heard about the rake? I have not. Do you, do you know how to explain it? I rake? don't know what the rake is. Oh, what? The rake. Okay. So the rake is like this like pure white figure that like kind of walks around on all fours with his claws and he's just like pulled back like muscle. Oh, okay. I've yeah. probably seen, I've, there's a there's the a image. picture. I'm pretty sure. I'm 99.9 sure it's it's like a it's like a something awful forum post. But there's a video in like London of like the sewers, and there's like this creature that keeps peeking at it around the corners of the sewer. There's like a robot that goes in and like just checks for blocks and stuff like that, and it peeks at it, and then he and then the camera moves forward and it just scurries. And I'm going to show you that video after this, but it's real fucking crazy. But stuff like that, it's kind of like, why am I watching this? So, I don't know. I guess I'm getting back to the point of, like, 
a lot of this is just preying on people's fears. And I feel like it's one to keep people like safe and two, it's to like maybe keep control like with the, with the lover's lane. Like, I don't want you having sex. Well, I want a grandchild. I could see it. I could see it. I, I don't think they did as good of a job as they could have when it came to hammering home that like those, yeah. those points, they really went in depth with like the stories proving that, you know, these urban legends are centered around murders, but I think they could have done a better job of this is uh Oh crap. I just lost my point. Did you know, did you know where I was going with it? No, you're talking about how they're related to murders. You're saying they could have done a better job of hammering home the point. I know of um, proving that these urban legends are just baloney sandwich. Yeah, no, I had the better word. I just hate myself for that. They're, Dang it! They're literally just urban legends. Mm-hmm. Urban myth. But you can't be afraid of them. To to an extent, like you can be aware, you can be alert. Don't don't need to panic. <clears throat> Did you guys think the phone call killer one was like? By far the most over or sensationalized, like in our lifetime. Oh, I feel that. Oh, one yeah. Like most. I have my my aunts. I have two aunts, and they're they're twins, and they would always tell me like, "Oh my god, I was babysitting and I was watching that movie while I was babysitting," and I was like, "Oh my god, I gotta go check out the kids." But I, I, sorry, Christian, go ahead. Um, so the what was interesting about the phone call one is that it they showed a little compilation of all the movies. Yeah, that did it. And then the first I thought was Scream because actually just I recently watched Scream 1 and 2 again, which they were really good. Dewey. Yeah. You can't kill them. And, you know, and it's it's so interesting how like this story, like something happened and like it was kind of what happened, but not really. And then like Hollywood and like pop culture like conflates it to like, ah, what would be fucking what would be scarier than that? Oh, what if he was calling the babysitter and he's like, I'm inside the house. I'm going to fucking kill you. You know, it's like it's like urban legends. It comes down to like, we just want to be entertained really bad. So fuck it. Anything goes. And I I feel like it's also like because they they were saying like the real fear behind it is the anxiety of like you're responsible for some person's kids. Like, and that's the real scary part. Did you check? The children. I do have to say though, I liked that story the most because of how gruesome it was. How much like they straight up showed like autopsy photos. Like, yeah, like that crime guy was strangling photos. the chicks with with cords. With uh, well, it was only the one, and she was strangled with a, a, a an ironing cord. But like, goddamn, they showed it, and I was like, oh, cool. We're just gonna see this. I would have uh couple of things I would have liked to have seen in this. Um, I would have liked to have seen the actual uh, lethal injection be given to the, the original Candyman. I got a movie for you. Would have been pretty sick. <laughs> There's one where they show it. Well, I, I've, seen, I've seen videos of it. But like to see that specific dude, though, because well, they just his film it. killing your kid. Well, and here's the thing is like, I feel like. I don't know. I feel like they didn't do a good enough job of really outlining the evidence. They just kind of said, yeah, he uh, took out a life insurance policy on his kids and his, but not him and his wife. And I'm like, you know how expensive it is to take out life insurance policies? Like, yeah. thankfully, I get one for free on myself, let alone like try to take one out on my son. 
Yeah. No, I I I just remember the movie with Matt Damon, uh, Suburbicon. And if you guys haven't watched Suburbicon, highly recommend it. Um, but it's centered around them committing a murder and like the insurance fraud people coming in and saying like, oh, it appears to that you took out a claim on your significant other just three days before they passed away. It's just strange. And it's, it just reminded me right of this situation where it's like, oh, this is a blaring red flag right here. Like, yeah. But then it's also kind of like, did we hear what the airtight alibi was of the guy who gave him the pixie six? No, they said it and then they just fucking. Yeah. They said, uh, he pointed out the house. Oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Because the dad, he, which I remember like, oh, it's the wife. And then five minutes later, it's the dad. And then we're like, oh shit, it's the dad. That's dumb, but it's true. The dad, who I guess he did it, let's say, right? He tried to say, oh, I got that from some other house. And then he's, you know, the ladies had apparently an airtight alibi, which probably means just that other people were able to confirm it. They were probably like, no, I was at my mom's house and, and we were, you know, at the store. And then they're like, okay, so we went to the store. Yeah, I saw them from this time to this time. Oh, all right. I think. What kind of makes it more realistic or maybe more feasible that the dad did it is the way that they described how the kid died was like they said like he got the pixie stick and he opened it and poured it down his kid's throat. They almost made it seem like open your fucking mouth. Okay. See, I thought that was really weird wording because like there was no witness to what happened. So like they could say fucking anything. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. And um, ask the kid. Ask the fucking kid. Get him. (laughs) Dig that motherfucker up. <laughs> Ask his bones. Uh, I I want to talk about like whether that guy's innocent or not. But before that, the topic of like the whole like cultural phenomenon of like checking candy and shit, like that was the thing that was all through our childhood, right? That was like oh oh, oh, oh fuck the clown thing. But anyways, that's later though. So we had to do that, right? The the candy checking, and the, the this documentary pointed out that. First, the story was, yeah, the, the, that lady was giving dog biscuits, biscuits, but that was like more or less harmless. Then the big story was this, the guy with the fucking pixie stick. Okay, and the first news that came out was, oh, some neighbor gave this to me, and that's what killed my son, right? And that started the hysteria, like, oh shit, random neighbors are giving up fucking cyanide pixie sticks. And then that start this that started this big sweep of this bullshit like oh X-ray your candy in case there's fucking razor blades in your piece of peanut butter cup, but then it turns out no he took out a life insurance policy on his kids, and he killed the kid. So then you got to think about that the the whole salacious story of giving out poison candy is false. He just killed his son and found a creative cover story. So the fact being that this whole bullshit that's been subjected to us has just been kind of bullshit. You know, it's been it's been a fake. It's been a myth. So it's funny to it's cool to see that they explained it step by step how that whole thing like culturally played out. Right. I think what rubbed me and I was vocalizing this when we were watching what rubbed me the wrong way is the the assistant district attorney who ran the case was super like almost too emotionally involved and biased. On that case, when they interviewed him, he's like, that fucker's going to hell. Like, and I was like, dude, really? Like, I just want to hear the black and white. I don't want to hear your opinion on it because you're a parent 
and you're probably very pro-life and you know you hit, you hit your wife or whatever but like uh, all he was doing is he was just shit talking this guy and this guy to the day he to the moment he died was like no i'm innocent and he was like i'll take another polygraph test you know and he's like i'm telling the truth and everyone was like you ruined halloween <sighs> he he killed him i'm not saying he didn't i'm just saying this documentary didn't do a good enough job of really explaining all of the yeah the evidence like it it, it definitely like it dude it, it's the jury found him guilty in 45 minutes and then sentenced him to death in 75 minutes like that it, yeah it, i want to know what else they saw like i feel like that would really i think this uh and that's just why i think once we get to our ratings it'll it'll be very clear it could have been done better they like yeah. these are i think they they bit off more than they can chew you yeah, turn this into maybe one or two of the, or just two, I would say. I feel like if they maybe did like a series. Because some of them tied together. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, like you like, could talk about like, because Candyman and the Phantom. Tied together. I, they all, all of them except for like the clown at the end, kind of, uh, the other three kind of all tied together about, uh, it's just about this, you know, murder. And so an urban legend came out, but like, at least with, excuse me, the, the clown, it was like, oh yeah, that dude is a clown. I think uh, that's where that's when they should have cut out. Yeah, I well, I said that because John Wayne Gacy has like eight hundred other documentaries about him. That and they just did a very poor job at it. They just drove around in a van with a fucking clown. Like, did you guys yeah, not find he, this? Like, what are we watching oh, no, right we were now? Because like, he was like waving at people. Uh, real quick, so before we we jump onto that, um, I have you know it was I found it kind of crazy that uh, the babysitter thing just spanned a whole wave of movies some of them like remakes of original movies and it was just like dang but that one that one gave me like an eerie feeling because of where the house was located like the picture showed it was just a house on a lot like there was no neighbor and i think that gives me like being out in the wilderness alone yeah like like oh my neighbor's two miles down the road bro i like that shit gives me the heat like even though i'm a gun toting mother like it's still like because at that point, there ain't nobody to even hear you scream, yeah. bro. Like, and so and they and they came to the conclusion with the babysitter murder, not not officially. They unfortunately did a very racial profiling and used a guy that had killed his a, a African American male who had killed his wife, and was not. What did they say? He was like mentally unsound. I think they said he was learning disabled or something. They. What I remember from it is they were saying somehow he was slow. Right. And like then maybe mentally disabled. And then you find out, oh, it's like a very like Confederate town. And they stand for the Dixie every morning, which is a Confederate song. This dude is a colored man. He's very everybody nobody blinked an eye. I was like, yeah, it was him. Probably. Super fast. See, and that's something that's interesting, is like we see like, okay some heinous shit goes down a legend gets created about it everybody's sad because like whoever so you know most of these are like kids dying let's not let's not lie most of these things are about fucking kids getting murked i think almost all of them are of teenagers they may some of them might be over 18 like 18 19 but a lot of them are like like the the candy man that kid was six seven yeah little little boy yeah little boy and then the other ones were like 
teenagers, like 16, 17 people just, in school. Yeah. Learning to drive or just got their license. When like, there's this like demonic fucking legend that we have to catch. I think people are very eager to pin it on somebody. Right. And going back to the Candyman one, I think, I, I think that he was probably guilty only because the life insurance thing. Yeah. It, I mean, it's definitely like, I'm not, I'm not trying to say like, I don't think he's guilty. Like there's a lot of signs that point to him. I just like George said, I wish they did a better job of just like showing facts and showing evidence that they, cause they just said like he took out a life insurance policy and he talked about cyanide with somebody else before Christian and I have talked about like accidentally running people over. I've never done that, nor do I plan to. Yeah. <laughs> it, they, they interviewed a lot of people in this documentary that served very little purpose. It was just kind of like, who can we get? We need, we need some eyewitness. Yeah, like scene setting. And, you like, know, I would have been completely fine with them. Like, And I think you see this in a lot of other documentaries now where they just, instead of showing like those photographs or stuff, it's more like graph graphs, like really like a flow chart, almost puzzle, helping you puzzle things together and constantly reminding you. And then in this documentary, like I just got lost sometimes. Yeah, I was I was easy to get back on track because they're moving through a lot of topics fast. So like if you missed maybe a minute, you can still pick up the next one. But so what you're I saying is it wasn't as good as the truly bizarre. No, you've never told us you've been lost with any of our no, videos. No, I haven't. I haven't because you guys don't bite off more than you can chew. Like it's okay, doable. <laughs> I think that like this movie tried to stay punchy by like covering one thing then moving on to the next which i liked about it the but overall yeah it was kind of like i felt like the way each of like story was fleshed out some was more interesting than others what i liked about it was how it tried to like explain like the cultural phenomenon of all these like legends um and so certain little nuggets or connections are interesting for one going into the clowns right the the guy said you know we were kids that were growing up in, you know, stranger danger culture. Right. Which that's another thing that we remember being, I remember being told, oh, stranger danger. My dad told me that. Well, did you guys have, because we went to the same elementary school. Did you guys ever have that police officer come in and talk to you all the time? Yes. Uh, was it the same lady? Did you have a lady that did it? I don't remember, but I remember, I remember I got a ton of free shit from her. She'd give me like stuffed animals and stuff. You answered questions, right? It, they'd always nice come lady. in and be like, if somebody asks you to help find their dog, don't do it. And, you know, like shit like that, like, like all these, like, like as kids, you're fucking innocent, but you have to be like, were you, there's all these schemes to kidnap and rape you. So you, you got to play the fucking game, kid. Like, you know, and, and that's like making that, you know, I'm just, you know, making a joke out of it. But like, yeah, we were taught stranger danger. Which is kind of like this, this symbol of like innocence, like degrading, which is like, they said that's why it's ironic that clowns became this like like serial killer type thing. But it also plays into the Halloween candy thing because the same with the candy, right? People were under the impression that there were all these numerous strangers out there giving out poison candy. And it's so it's they stranger danger and the poison candy ties together in the way that, you know, it's kind of like being scared of everything around you, like everybody's everybody is just dangerous like a hyper paranoia exactly it's just like i'm scared of everything but jumping into the into the the clowns so 
they started off with like 2008 clown crate there was one that we had a couple of years ago remember you guys remember that i one? do yeah i, I almost do. thought they were gonna cover but then i'm like oh this is from 2014 it was like right like 2017 yeah. or 18 that it happened uh-huh i, I want to say maybe 16 i think i was still in high school i think it was like we were about to graduate but they were talking about all of that and then they were talking about oh the 90s like oh yeah there's another one because there's a guy driving around in a van and it's in chicago and to tell you like what kind of like interviews they get they're literally just walking on the street this guy goes you guys filming a movie <laughs> and they ask him what do you know about this like that's the kind of literally like like they don't like they didn't look for people they were just kind of like oh hey do you know about clowns hey yo dog i seen them like 10 miles down the road bro bro every every street here is dangerous bro it's scary here literally and then they would leave the interviews and be like wow i think that really changed my mind and i'm like yeah. Bitch, you just you just read 90 documents i am looking at your binder You've done more reading than that dude's done in the last year. You literally just listened to a crackhead talk about his his ambiance like trip that he just had. For he thought years. you were talking about hummingbirds, and <laughs> you're just like, you know what? I I think I believe him. He's <laughs> <laughs> but it's the equivalent of like looking up like a weird forum post about how you know re- <laughs> d- the, the reptiles run the fucking Pentagon, and I have evidence. Well, in my head, I can explain it to you. Like it's like that. <laughs> they're an interdimensional being. You can't see them, but you can feel them. <laughs> it's basically the equivalent of that. Like, oh, some random person says, "Oh, uh, there's ghosts in my boats." <laughs> <laughs> no, really, they just have schizophrenia and they murdered fifteen people in the boat. I'm so glad but, you brought that up. Uh, That's so funny. So they eventually get to John Wayne Gacy, and I knew it because they kind of hinted at him at the beginning, but because he was he was a uh, Pogo. Was that yeah, Pogo. Yeah, Pogo the clown, and. I found this very interesting because of how dark the history was of clowns that they got into. And they talked about, um, they talked about, so I'll I'll read, it was a a horrific train crash that killed 86 performers in Chicago, most of them being clowns. And I felt like that could be seen as a sort of like a dark omen behind clowns. I don't remember the year. I think it was in like maybe the forties, but uh, for people who don't know, I believe it was in Chicago. Um, there was, train cars that were parked because they were they were running a circus and so they had all these performers and they would sleep in the train cars like that was their home and a, a conductor fell asleep and just ran into them and whoever wasn't killed on impact like burned alive and i think the most depressing one was this guy um i forgot what they said he was but he basically um he became a sad clown he became a sad clown who dra- who dressed in rags and I don't know if the timeline was he did this after the accident because I, ca- I thought they said like he was on his deathbed after the accident. But basically he was talking about he was alive after the incident, at least enough to make the statement. He said um, his kids and his wife were on were with him and they were so happy to see him dress up as a clown and they were killed like right in front of him. And he was like, he was like, they were so happy. I wish I could have died with them. And I was like, dude, like, I don't know. As a parent, that shit hits you like a little harder. I'm like, God damn, like the other ones were like spooky and creepy because of like the setting and like, like, oh, there's nobody here to hear you scream or it's in the middle of the night. Everybody's away. This one is just like, yeah, I watched my family get killed in front of me. And then John Wayne Gacy. (laughs) No, I didn't write too much down for the Killer Clowns one because I was eating in the beginning, so I didn't really write it. I was I was just not a. I hate clowns. Like I really do. I've never watched. Well, I've seen it. 
I've seen enough bits and parts of it to say I've seen it. Um, but clowns have always uh had like a weird spot in my heart. I was really impressed with like the Joker that like started to leave a positive taste of clowns in my mouth. Um, but still at the end of the day, all clowns have fucking creeped me out my entire life. Yeah. And I can't ever see how people find those like, like happy and joyful. Well, I mean, if you, you look at when they started as jesters, you have like the fucking bubonic plague or crusade. You're like, anything's better than fucking death. <laughs> I think that's a very like big part of what they're trying to explain is like clowns used to be happy and there wasn't any fucking doubt about it. Then it was like tragedy. This motherfucker's burned alive. Uh, you know, killer, somebody dressed up as a clown and killed a bunch of people. And I think that's why they brought up John Wayne. Uh, John Wayne. John, yeah, John Wayne Gacy. Almost, who, like, who's, just who's John Wayne. <laughs> I was thinking of the actor John Wayne. <laughs> Happy Thanksgiving, Bill Grums. And I think it it's, explains how culturally we went from clown good to clown fucking t- Stephen King's it, right? That's one of the one I saw as a kid that made me say, clowns are fucking happy. They're shapeshifters and they're fucking scary. See, and they mention that too because they go, well, you had um, it and then what was the other one with the clown? Oh, Poltergeist. Mm. But John Wayne Gacy did all of his murders and was, I think was was talked about a year before Poltergeist even came out. Mm. Which was because uh, they said Poltergeist was 82 and it was 86. And John Wayne Gacy murdered those people in the 70s and I think in 81 was caught. But, I don't, man, like, clowns always kind of freaked me out because it's kind of like they carry this persona of, like, I'm just going to be chaos. Mm-hmm. And it's not like I'm going to kill people, but it's like I'm going to fucking wreck sh- I'm going to wreck it. And then you have those people from, like, a couple years ago when they would just stand in front of people's, like, ring doorbells and just stare. Did you guys ever hear yeah. about the one yeah. who got shot because he got caught just standing in front of somebody's house, like, three nights in a row? Oh, my God, bro. That's terrifying. I mean, you come to my house three times and just stare at my doorknob. Oh, I'm going to fucking yeah. lose it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'll at least rack one. <laughs> just let one rack and be like, all right. <laughs> Figure it out. I think the, okay, what I missed out on when I went on my first clown rant is the, the interview they had with the clown and the cars are driving around. Yeah. This hilarious interview. He has one line in there that is very, very um, like resonating. And it was, a lot of clowns um like live two lives they're like right show two faces yeah you know so a lot of them come from bad lives so they like to dress up and make people feel good so they can like have a sense of like oh i'm actually making people happy like balance yeah to balance it out and he's like but the persona like we had talked about had flipped and i think you know you gotta always think that that's what goes behind a lot of these urban legends is a two face kind of uh well i situation. have something to add about what you said being flipped but real quick um i think going back to the the 86 performers uh how bad the crash was is so many of them were were burned beyond like recognition so a lot of them and like they went to the gravesite in chicago and looked at it and a lot of them are just unknown performer unknown performer unknown performer or unknown male performer it was like it was like they just were unknown people just buried there but um i wrote uh because they eventually touched on it and we were like oh my god they really but they talked about the aurora shooting in the movie theater for the dark knight 
and I, I wrote the Aurora shooting is seen as like a resurgence of the original archetype of clowns. Cause that's what, that's what they said in the, in the show. It's like the original archetype is just, is like a jester. It's like a trickster. And then the Joker from Batman has a very, like he, he says, you know, I'm an agent of, of chaos. So it's kind of like, you know, he, we already have established that that man is not mentally fit to be, you know, with a weapon or anything like that. But he, you know, he causes a lot of chaos. And I think that's what, that kind of relates to what you were talking about with like flipping, you know, the script on how we deem clowns and how they act. It's kind of like, oh, I can be crazy now because, you know, oh, I'm a clown. Ha ha. Mm-hmm. Do you like why do we give like I know I know it's to take control of the story, giving people's names and stuff, but it I feel it makes it worse. Like, I don't know. I'm just not a fan of urban legend. I'm a I'm a huge fan of just telling it how it is. You know what I mean? Well, like, and people in general like mystery and they like being kind of un like how I like make watching shit that makes me uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. I like it. it. I think it's because we're so used to being comfortable and it pushes us. It's kind of like when people go on roller coasters, it gives you that rush of like, Oh shit, this is not normal. Mm. And so I feel like people do that. And like with the phantom, you know, they t- I feel like all of them, they talked about him, you know, as each individual incident, like, Oh, this is what happened. So-and-so was murdered. This is all the evidence. This is who he blamed. This is, but like with the Phantom, they saw the Phantom in the newspaper, like just the name, and they were like, "Oh, we're gonna call him the Phantom because we need something to call him so people have control." And now it's just Twitter. Twitter makes everybody's name. <sighs> yep. I think it's just a fucking hashtag now. S- something um, interesting that I noticed is that the, with a lot of urban legends, there there's a tendency to take something innocent and make it into something morbid. Mm. So first you have the candy man, right? Like the candy man is this, I think of the the song in Willy Wonka, you know, uh, the candy man comes in, he mixes it with love or whatever the hell it is. Right. I have no idea what the fuck you're you're fucking vibing right now, but I just let you go with it. Gene Wilder, Willy Wonka and the chocolate factory. I don't remember that song. Was it an Oompa Loompa? It wasn't. No, it wasn't. I don't think it was a. I don't remember if it was a sing along, but it's the beginning of the movie before shit pops off with a golden ticket, and it shows all the kids a- after school going to the candy shop, mm. uh, and there's okay. this dapper looking like candy man. And it's like the old candy shop with the with all the jars and shit. Right. Anyways, that's like the the image of a candy man, and here's all this shit comes candy man. No, that's scary now. That's you're you're gonna get violated. <laughs> you you're gonna candy, get violated if you see a candy man. And then clowns, clowns, innocent, hilarious. They want to make people happy. John Wayne Gacy, you're going to be buried under his fucking porch. <laughs> and then, and then if you want to go further, you can look at other things. Like I thought of like Chucky, right? Ch- right. Play toy. Scary. Now that's scary, bro. Fuck you. Bro, don't even get me started. My son has a Jesse doll from Toy Story. And that bitch talks on her own. I don't like that. Yeah. I'm going to like go find her because i think she's buried in like a toy box i'm gonna go find her open like her backup i think it's like a back velcro what if you are gonna fucking kill me there's nothing in there that's the scene from fucking chucky from child's play the the thing starts talking and she's like i don't think i put batteries in it and she looks and she unscrews it and there's no fucking batteries in it and she just goes see now has anybody ever just shot chucky point blank with a with a double op buckshot 
in some of the later movies, dude, that thing got really off the rails. Where, I remember there was one where like there was like an army platoon that was fighting or something, and like one of the guys jumps on a grenade to save his platoon. It was a Chucky movie. I was like, why is this? I think it was like the third one. Some of them got really weird. I never, never watched them. Yeah, you never did. Did you never watch the Sci-Fi Channel as a kid? I it would creep me out, bro. See, it would creep me out too. But that's why I'd fucking you leave watch the it. Sci-Fi Channel on past ten a.m. You're gonna wake up. I I will never past ten a.m. or ten p.m. Ten p.m. You'll wake up to the Twilight Zone at about two in the morning. See, Twilight Zone doesn't freak me out that much. The fucking when I was a kid though, waking up and I'm just like See? talking Tina. That's the Chucky. Bro, in, in Twilight Zone, talking yeah, I know Tina a, was the original Chucky right, story. Right. But there was, um, for me, what would happen a lot of the time is I would wake up in the middle of the night and I'd be like, I can't go to sleep. I'm going to watch Sci-Fi Channel and open it. And it'd be like some like zombie movie. And I'd be like, uh, I like zombies. <laughs> okay, I'm going to watch this. <laughs> or it would be like, um, <laughs> you know, Sci-Fi was great for showing really shitty B films. Like with just absolutely terrible CGI, so mm-hmm. I'd watch a lot of those shits. But there's like there's a couple I saw where like there's this one where like it's like a family of cannibals. Oh my god! And like they keep moving because like they have a little boy, like little, like probably my son's age. He doesn't know how to control his urges. He's so just being well, so they keep they keep him how you keep Cece. Oh, in perfect. a fucking kennel. And then I don't remember the exact, I'm going to have to look this shit up now, but there's like the exact plot of the film. I forgot, but like somebody like goes off the rails, they start eating people until they're like, fuck, all right, well, we got to move. And then like, there's like a care, like a, like a social worker who checks in on him and he's like, oh, hey, who's this little kid? And he like gets into the kennel with the kid and the kid fucking eats him. Jesus. Yeah. Like shit, it's shit like that. Or like cabin fever, Mm. shit like that. But, um, this is getting to be a little bit of a longer episode, yeah. so I think we'll let Christian go ahead and start with his closing arguments and his and his rating. Okay, one last. That's, m- that's part of your closing. Yes. Okay. Christian's going to give us his MLM now. This is all part of my closing. Uh, a clown. Yeah. Let's see. Let's say it's a clown MLM, <laughs> and you have to. Maybe it's for like booking like performers for like like birthday parties and stuff. And what you do is you like pretend to be a firm, but really you're just getting like the next people down to sign like the contract to do like however many like parties. Mm. So then it, it's it's like a pyramid. It's like I I get two people to sign the contract. Then uh, then it's like hey you'll get like some kick kickback if you sign up some other people, and it's just like the bozo fucking pyramid. Bro. I thought where you were going with that is um we gotta knock out all of these like urban legends um just like how that guy did in his at the end of the documentary and where he'd be like oh yeah no urban legend don't exist so i thought you were going to say clowns tied in with candy men that go to birthday parties um and then we also have like a man with a hook hand performer and we just flip all of these narratives on their head like these are great people you're having a great time good party the, the the hook man he just catches fish and then um the parents don't even have to be there free babysitters and then you the got trifecta the is complete boom we have to renormalize these characters okay yes yes clowns hook fellas they're all they're just like you know blue collar guys like you and me you know like just trying to make a dollar just one guy dressed as it all like 
half clown, half Candyman. Pirate clown, half Candyman. Phantom. So, um, one thing that I noticed is that, like, our culture, we kind of like we kind of celebrate morbid shit. Hell yeah, brother. Which, which like, it's as cool as it is kind of unnerving. Because I think of when somebody pointed out how, for some reason, Charles Manson is this somewhat like rock star looking figure kind of for like people are very interested with it in his life and like look at him and say you know oh, he's this interesting individual that like we like to talk about kind of and it's kind of weird and like that gets into some of this stuff too i think like we we choose to make things morbid and it could be like you know we have halloween it's it's there's some morbid things that can go with that or uh you know scary movies we love hollywood films and we like some crazy ass shit where people get hacked up for some reason and that's a big part of you know you know (laughs) some like snuff films like life leak or something you know people getting chopped up but um that's that's a big part of this too for my closing sentiments i thought the cultural like explanation of this was really good and that's why i'd recommend it some of the individual stories, the, there's a little bit of a problem where like you get kind of invested in them, but then they withhold details and just move on to the next thing. Also, the structure is a little bit like it's kind of like this four part structure, but it's also a little bit mixed up. It's like, oh, are we still talking about Candyman or are we, are we talking about the hook guy? You know, and mm-hmm. so it, it gets a little bit iffy, which not terrible, but like I wish it, like there'd be like a more like clear structure to it um overall really interesting though like we just talked about a bunch of interesting shit it definitely piqued my interest so i'll say it was like a 3.5 that sounds right to me okay so george uh yeah no i'll keep it brief because like chris you covered most of the reasons why i'm not gonna rate this a very high pineapple rating it's gonna be my lowest pineapple rating i've given the documentary And it's 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 not because I didn't like the content in there. I just didn't like the way it was presented. Didn't uh, um, the narration, the interviewers, like those reporters? I they they were flying through these things, and they they didn't really just sit down and give me a chance to like listen to their voices, give a firm, clear, detailed explanation. They would just say something super fast. You'd be like, okay, this is building. And then they'd randomly interview some just weird person that kind of throws off the scent. I'm giving this a 2.75 pineapple. God damn. I know. I know. I, and I think in the future, um, I just, I got to be honest with you right off the jump. I think I was like, you know, like I'm feeling this, I'm into this. And then, you know, about halfway through there, I was just like, man, this is not what I thought it would be. But at the same time, We've talked about an hour and a half about this goddamn thing. So, so I mean, it, it definitely gives you like enough material to, to hit home a show like this. So I'm grateful for you, Killer Legends. And I'm grateful for that. Like the two journalists, they did a fucking kick ass job, but it's just too big of a project for an hour and a half. Yeah. Uh, so I'm, I'm, I'll start with my rating and then go into my D. De- I give this a four. The reason why is the content alone was just like, I was just soaking it all up. But like for people who have listened, like Christian and I have our YouTube channel where we talk about stuff like this. So I'm always just 
looking for more information, not just so I can, you know, make a YouTube video, but just so I can be like, wow, because I would watch this stuff years before I even did YouTube about it. Mm-hmm. So um, I do agree, though. The reason why it doesn't have any higher of a rating is because like they would like withhold details. And I don't think they would do it necessarily like, oh, we can't tell them that it would just be kind of like, yeah, we're pressed for time. I think if they did this as like a series, I feel like this would be a really good series, mm-hmm. like a Netflix original series where they just drove like each episode was because like each part was about 30 minutes. Yeah, they could do like a 30 minute episode once a week and they could just, you know, oh, hey, we're going to go to, to you know, to uh, West End and, you know, or uh, Clint, uh, Clendenin. Oh, yeah. Clendenin, West Virginia. West Virginia. Talk yeah. about Mothman. You know, they could go to Miami, talk about the Cubans. Yeah. Like, I feel like if this was like a series where each episode was each of the four things they talked about to begin with. So, like, here's Hookman, right? You know, we talk about him. We talk about here's the legend and here's the story that really happened. And here's some, you know, interviews and whatever shit sprinkled in there. And, you know, it'd be a good format. Yeah, I, um, before we, before we end off, I just got to say that DJ Khaled transition we had was fucking oh great. Oh my God. So we were watching it on Amazon Prime with ads and like at the, towards the end, they were like, uh, sometimes it's scarier being in real life. And then they go, we the best. Me-. It's like DJ Khaled talking. And I thought they were still like in the, cause I was like looking away for a second. I thought we were still in the fucking documentary. How did this motherfucker get in here? <laughs> My worst nightmare. Fucking DJ Khaled pops up on the damn screen. We don't best music. Major. But we uh we want you guys to go and watch this. Killer Legends. We saw it's uh, it was on Netflix, but I guess it's not anymore. Amazon Prime. Amazon free. Prime. Free with free with ads. So we we invite you to form your own opinion. Dang, your dog is just going to town. Yeah, she's eating a bone right now. Oh my god! <laughs> so I'll, I'll rush through this. Uh, so you can find us Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, Lukewarm Cinema Podcast. Uh, you can also find us on YouTube, Lukewarm Cinema Podcast. We've been getting a lot of traction on YouTube. We want to thank everybody who's watching this. You know, appreciate you we guys. appreciate you we guys. Appreciate it. So you know where to find us if you want to get in touch with us. Tell us about your own urban legends or you know urban like. Tell us, please tell us. We would love to like have an episode where we talk about that. You can get in touch with us, lukewarm cinema podcast at gmail.com. And until next time, guys, Jinkwee. Jinkwee.